Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Rochelle Tong from uh, a Broadway Mentoring Partnership, and we're getting started with our webinar around uh, organizational communication and exploring how organizations have been communicating internally and externally about changes related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And I have a couple of panelists here with me today. I'm going to just give each of them a chance to introduce themselves and let you know what organization they're coming from and a little bit about their role um, there so you have a, a, a sense of who who's speaking when we go through the different questions and they have a chance to respond um, and then for any of you on the line as attendees if you wouldn't mind just going to the there's a chat box option I think it'll say um, if you have a question a question to staff but if you just would type in there uh, where you're joining us from today what organization or what part of the province um, we'll be able to read those out and let people know uh, a bit of who's who's on the call today. And if you do have any questions or things you're curious about, we'll have about half an hour uh, towards the end to field those questions. So um, keep them coming in during during the call, and then we'll have a chance to go through them uh, closer to the end. So again, welcome, and um, I'll go over to Corey first for an introduction. Sure. Hello, thanks, Rochelle. Uh, I'm Corey Dodge. I'm with the Boys and Girls Clubs, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Edmonton and area. And I'm a communications specialist and I work under the marketing and communications department there. Thanks, Corey. And then we have Rocky. Hi there. Thanks, Rochelle. My name is Rocky Hines. I'm manager of communications and marketing with Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Calgary, Calgary and area. So I'm excited to be part of the panel and to even hear from other people and what they're saying, I feel like everyone's kind of been rolling with the punches on some level. So I'm interested in hearing what other people have to say as well. For sure. This should give us a good chance to kind of get connected across a lot of different communities, right? Um, Vanessa. Hi, um, I'm Vanessa McNevin. I'm the executive director with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Wood Buffalo. So that is your northern Alberta region. Um, we do not have a communications or marketing team at our small agency, so I'm hoping to learn from some of the bigger offices, but we do have some exciting things to share that our little office has been working on. Thanks so much, Vanessa. And uh, Jen, over to you. Hi. Hi. Um, my name is Jen Visser. Uh, I'm the executive director for Big Brothers Big Sisters in Lathbridge, so we, we kind of carry the whole south ish region other than Medicine Hat and area. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to yeah see what people are doing. I think things keep changing constantly and it's trying to keep up with all those changes. So I'm excited to see what everybody else is doing. For sure, definitely. There's, like you said, those constant, constant changes. And so it's really, um, you know, a time when uh, communications plans have to be very agile and shifting and and so that's um, actually what a lot of our questions this morning revolve around. Um, just the format of how it's going to work for those of you um, attending. I'm going to go through one question at a time, and then I'm going to um, scroll through the panelists and have each of them answer uh, the question that's up, just so we get a sense of how different agencies are approaching things maybe a little bit differently and can kind of um, riff off each other's answers to that question. But I'm going to try and go in a different order each time, so not every... Um, one person isn't the first person to respond from every question. And uh, and then we'll go over to Q&A from whoever's on the phone that has that has questions as well or has entered um, anything in the chat box. So the first question up is, 
Um, what has your messaging to the community been around being open or closed and able to support matches? So maybe I'll, I'll send that one over to Jen first. Sure. Uh, so right from the beginning, our messaging has always been, we're here for you. How can we help? How can we, how can we support children, uh, volunteers, and families? Um, our office has been closed. Um, but we are uh, back in the office now working and I mean, it was reason our office was more closed is we've just done a significant expansion to our building and we just had too many construction workers in here. So um, our staff worked from home for about six weeks, but we've been in the office now for two. Um, but really to the community, it's, you know, we're here. Um, and we want to provide as much support as we can. So some of that support may have changed a little bit and it might not be, you know, the quintessential, you know, match support, but families reaching to us to say, hey, I'm struggling with this and, and us finding other resources for, for them. Mm -hmm. Great. Thanks. Um, Vanessa. Yeah, so we're very similar to Jen. So our office in uh, Northern Alberta is closed to the public, but I uh, had all of our staff working from home and that was to respond to the public health measures. Um, during our, like our region has been through a lot of challenging times with the wildfire. So this is in our first um, kind of disaster and now we're in flooding. So uh, right. there's been a lot of uh, changes within our community. So we are aware of the challenging times that our community has had um, and we've been there to continue to support the mentoring relationships um, and serve the youth during the COVID pandemic was no exception. So we continued doing all of our services. Um, we just let them know, like much like Jen said, that we're here for them, reach out to them. So we just kind of uh, connected with them as quickly as possible. Um, all of our emails stay the same, our phone number, I'm working in office. So I was able to uh, communicate via phone um, and uh, text messages through the work phone. So we just kind of let them know that we're here for them and that uh, reach out to anything that they needed. Thanks. Um, over to Rocky. Um, thanks. So uh, here in Calgary, we're, we're a, a slightly larger organization. We have around 40 staff. Um, so we we made the decision right away to to close our offices to the public, but we did feel we were in a good position to let staff work from home. So all staff stayed on and we um, were all working from home right now. We immediately canceled all events and suspended uh, in-person mentoring visits and activities, of course, just like everybody else. Um, but we, we did think we could effectively work from home. We did think we could effectively continue supporting matches and even look at ways to make new matches. Um, I think from a messaging perspective, we looked at it as an opportunity to highlight how we're in a unique position to respond to this crisis uh, because mentoring relationships can still thrive even without a physical space or, or in-person visits, we think. It certainly looks different. Mm -hmm. um, so our message has been that that caring, supporting relationships have never been more important. So mm -hmm. even if how we look at supporting those relationships is a bit different, they're still so critical. Uh, the young people in our programs were already facing adversity before the pandemic started, and now they're dealing with a whole new set of challenges that come from isolation and loneliness, not to mention the increase in violence and, and substance abuse in the home. So we're really positioning mentoring as an essential service during this time and have doubled down on our commitment to provide that service. Mm -hmm. That's great to hear how you kind of shifted the message or I guess maintained the message, but being able to show that even if um, 
what people visualize as mentoring relationship of people being in the same physical space doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Um, I'll turn it over to Corey. Yeah, that's that's it's good to hear that every like our our messaging and what we've been doing kind of aligns very closely with what everyone else has been doing. I know at the beginning we were really reactionary, so as I'm sure a lot of people were, uh, schools were closing and all that sort of thing, and we kind of we we initially we took action immediately. We let all of our we kind of let all of our audiences, so to speak, know in different ways uh, how they would be affected. So, for example. Again, our matches, we were telling them, no, you can't can't meet at this point in time. But again, uh, that doesn't mean you shouldn't stay connected and and keep staying connected in the way that you were before through other mediums and so on and so forth. But then again, we had we had our clubs. Our clubs no longer had a physical space. They were all closed, and so we had to let all our club families know they can't show up anymore uh, at their scheduled times because they're closed. Which which you know it can have it, it it's it's a little bit different in the sense that they weren't connecting with volunteers in the same way that our bigs and littles were. So that was another obstacle. Uh, so at the mm -hmm. beginning, I think we reacted so quickly that it almost looked like we were closed. It almost looked like we weren't supporting everyone anymore. And that this was probably mm -hmm. for like half a week. And so we started hearing, oh, are you still accepting volunteers and all those sorts of things? So so again, then we had to start communicating uh, that we're, no, we're still, we're still here for you. We're still accepting volunteers. We're still, uh, our phones are still open. We're still here to support you. We started opening up the phones and doing wellness calls to our families to see what their needs were as a result of um, the changes that there were, or, or uh, the new uh, challenges that they were facing. Um, we, to our matches, uh, immediately sent out a letter saying, please do not meet. We re recommend you do not meet in person until, I think it was until the end of April initially. And then the end of April came and we drafted another letter and another a bunch of calls out to our families saying, no, now it's until the, the end of May, uh, whereas we probably should have said, indefinitely until we know further um, so i think the most important thing of all was as rocky was saying uh, is that these relationships can still take place and that they uh, mentoring is just as impactful whether it's a phone call or a facetime or a skype call or whatever it is and we kind of changed our, our messaging to kind of align with uh, other people's at the time where it was this uh, we're telling everybody to physically distance and we're hammering hard on that which sounds almost detrimental to kind of a relationship that what we push uh, in terms of uh, mentoring, uh, but we kind of changed our messaging from physical distancing to the social distance, or uh, to social distance rather, or to, not social distance, but to from social physically distance rather than uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of that the, the kind of language around that, changing that so that it's not about uh, disconnecting, but still connecting, um, but still uh, taking the safety precautions that we need to for the safety of our families and and our mentoring relationships and our staff and everyone involved. Yeah, definitely. I think you've a lot of you have covered kind of my question one and two in your responses. So I'm going to jump to to what I had for the third question, which is what challenges have you experienced in in responding to to COVID-19 pandemic? Um, of course, still related around communication and what kind of solutions have you found to those challenges if you've been able to find solutions? And if you have have um, challenges that haven't been solved, feel free to mention those as well, and maybe there'll be other people on the call who who found some solutions. Um, I'll, I'll stick with you, Corey, and let you answer that one. Sure, yeah, I would say the challenge initially is that this is all new. There, it was a new normal for everybody, uh, so everything was new, and it was, now we're exploring how do, how do our programs work? Do we still meet weekly and those sorts of things? Uh, one of the challenges I know we faced initially was 
how do we recommend still still meeting? So it's what in what channels of communication should we be recommending and, and so on and so forth. I know initially it was it was almost exciting because we we're like, oh, let's go live on get every like recommend everyone go live on social media and stay connected that way. And our agency can stay connected with families in such a way or or with our volunteers. And then you slowly figure out you're like, oh, yeah, social media, different social media platforms have an age cap or age minimum of 13 years old, for example, for mm -hmm. Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. So should we be recommending social media at all, uh, mm -hmm. whether maybe with the youth and so on and so forth. So I know that's been a bit of a challenge and we've worked around that in terms of, uh, especially with our online programming uh, and adapting in that way. Uh, so I, I would say that was probably the biggest challenge of all, but it's also, there's also solutions as a result of, uh, I know our, a lot of our match, all of our match, a lot, I'd say a bulk of our matches are still staying connected, but it just looks different. And so mm -hmm. I would say what was a challenge, is we're all kind of figuring it out together. We're all in this together, so to speak. Um, and then the other challenge was, again, as I was mentioning earlier, it kind of looked like we were closed and that we weren't taking volunteers still. But so we mm -hmm. had to kind of shift it to like this month, we're kind of running a uh, Ignite potential, but virtually. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you can still apply. We're still, but we've changed all our processes. So we had to communicate that we're, we're changing the way that we intake volunteers. So the way that we mm -hmm. screen and, and train and and those sorts of things we've changed to Zoom calls and, and stuff like that. And it's been a little slower than it has been in the past, but uh, we've changed our practices to still allow for their, for our agency to continue continue running in the way it has. And then the other mm -hmm. challenge I would say is, it's that two-way communication thing. Um, right. Like whereas I was saying social media live before, it would have been great uh, to, and, uh, and this is talking from a, a club side of things, because you still want that two-way interaction with the kids but if you can't do something that's live with live chat or a live video or something that's a little more interactive, it's a little harder. And I know at the beginning we started making videos and things like that, which were great. Our club staff were making really great videos and doing really great activities, but it was a lot of one-way communication. We're just pushing that, that activity one way, but we're not hearing back from the kids because at the beginning we didn't really have a platform to do so uh, effectively mm -hmm. or safely. So uh, those, yeah. are, those have kind of been our challenges and, and how we, we've tried to adapt. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Um, Vanessa, over to you. Um, yeah, so we've had a few different challenges. So we did a lot like the other Big Boys Big Sisters. We've moved most of our programming by mid-April. A lot of our one-to-one -one matches were already meeting virtually. We launched five group mentoring programs, and some were brand new um, with enrollments um, filling within 48 hours. Um, mm. So we had great success with that. But the challenges, um, that I think that came to communications was outside of our kind of our connections that we have or our current um, clients that we were serving and operating was letting the community as a whole know, hey, we are open. We're completing volunteer and client enrollments. We're running virtual programs. And I think the mm -hmm. thing was is not being seen as an essential service, like the food bank or maybe like yeah. um, different other groups. So mm -hmm. letting the community know like, yes, we are, in, we are an essential service. We are committed to maintaining and supporting these vital mentoring relationships and to fight mm -hmm. this social isolation that the, these vulnerable youth are experiencing. So I think that was a big thing and we're really working on it. It's hard for us um, in a smaller community. Um, so I've been connecting with our um, our uh, local uh, MLAs, uh, voicing mm -hmm. that we're here. Um, 
connecting with other agencies, um, really working with our community investment coordinator to start contacting different companies in our area, in our region, and encouraging them to put on at, let's say, Suncor Energy in their staff rooms that there's programs and services for families, um, mm -hmm. connecting them through their uh let's say their communications internally. So we're really working on launching them. Um, another right. challenge we've been facing is the engagements from our families um, themselves, because not everyone has access to emails. Like uh, I think 15,000 people were evacuated due to the flooding the last two weeks. So they don't have internet, they don't have power, they're not at home. So we kind of mm -hmm. had to go back a little old school and pick up the phone and make those human connections versus um, email um, blasts that maybe mm -hmm. we might have done in the past. So that's kind of been another challenge for us that we're just trying to work through and uh, um, learn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are some really significant like shifts and changes that you've really been creative about responding to for sure. Um, to Jen. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, every, everything everybody else is saying, I def absolutely we're seeing that as well. Um, for us, a, a big challenge was the volunteer screening. Uh, we ran into a roadblock with criminal record checks in our community. We just couldn't get them. Um, but we were able to work within our local city police to, to finally get them. Um, and with that meant, you know, screening volunteers on a virtual platform. But but programs really has been our biggest change. Um, we've been working with schools to offer our group-based programs. And with that, you know, you normally don't have a lot of communication with your families. And now what's been a benefit out of this is that we've actually gained this great relationship with our families that we never had before because it was all school-based. Um, mm -hmm. So lots of phone calls to parents. And, you know, when we first phone parents to say hey you know your daughter was in our go girls group and uh it ended early but guess what we're going to open it on a virtual platform what do you think and parents were in tears because their children just need something particularly kids that are in that adolescent age that they're not teenagers so they don't have more independence and they're not little kids so you know that they, they're they, right in that middle where they're you know maybe they don't have a smartphone and have access to their friends so to bring back a platform that they were in before uh, has been really beneficial and also for my staff who have been doing all this work but they've completely lost that connection that they were having with their kids to be able to participate back again in those programs to be with the kids it's been so beneficial. Mm -hmm. And have you found um, like technology that supports that really well, like platforms that are working well for you? And what yeah, you what we, we've echoed whatever the school is using. So we're on a bunch of different platforms. Mm. So for, for one school, we're, we're using a Google Meet because that's what they use. The school gave us access to that. Another school is using Zoom. Um, another one is doing um, Microsoft Teams. So really we're, we're kind of open to whatever this mm -hmm. school is doing following suit with them then we have that connection with the school and then they can relay those messages you know up to their superintendents to say you know like big brothers is still there they're still doing these programs and it's so beneficial for these children mm -hmm. sounds like your staff are really going to be familiar with all shapes and sizes <laughs> of virtual interaction <laughs> absolutely as everyone is getting really flexible with these things I yeah. feel like at least once a week I'm on a different platform that I haven't used before and obviously this has been going on for a little while now so 
Uh, okay. And I think I didn't, I missed Rocky this time around. Rocky, what challenges are you experiencing? Yeah, I think it, it sounds like everybody's experiencing pretty similar challenges. And certainly that's been the case for us uh, as well. It's so new. Everything was changing so rap rapidly. There was so much information and misinformation and which information do you pay attention to and where do you go to get your information, that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. sorting through all of that was a challenge for, for sure, along with the things that, that the other panelists have mentioned around how do we support mentoring relationships in this environment and around that it was just about listening to the families and volunteers as to what they need or can manage so we were finding mm -hmm. that parents were saying it is so hard to get my kid to get on a call and stay on a call to do an activity with a mentor but sometimes mm -hmm. a 10 minute 15 minute just chat check-in is enough mm -hmm. Uh, and it's it's just important that that consistent connection is there. So we've just been really listening to the families and stuff in that regard. But even just from a purely communications standpoint, really trying to sort through the clutter. Understandably, mm -hmm. there's a lot of noise out there right now. So, you know, whether it's businesses trying to get ahead by doing promotions and other not-for-profits, um, uh, trying to highlight the services they provide. Um, it's been a challenge for sure to try and rise above all of that to try and get our message out there. So uh, we developed a proactive content calendar for social and we've been doing some boosting because we had a little bit of budget to be able to do that to try and mm -hmm. to get, expand our reach a little bit, um, playing with video and with live and those sorts of things to try and be a little bit more dynamic in our content. but. It's been a challenge for sure to to, mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that people are hearing our message and, and to Corey's point that they know we are actually still uh, still here. We're still serving kids. We're still taking volunteers and figuring out what that looks like. Mm -hmm. That really fits in with my next question around like, do you feel the information is reaching your families, your staff and, and your mentors? And are they clear on what's being communicated? Like you can have a really clear message around what the agency is doing but like you said there's a lot coming at people these days and so how are you able to tell if it's reaching them and are you having people respond in a way that um you know shows that do you want me to jump back in with oh, that one yes yeah, sorry <laughs> oh yeah the no. i have on the line and then i'll jump to the next person yeah sorry. no problem um well, yeah, again, it's it's a challenge to even know, let alone to to try and 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 to really get your message to permeate. So it's a challenge to know. Um, mm -hmm. We're really considering our staff as our primary communications platform right now. Mm -hmm. So we're really just just have, uh, really making sure that staff have the resources and the assets and the support they need to be doing all of the outreach they need to do and to provide mm -hmm. the feedback. Uh, and to uh, to have conversations around what that feedback is. Uh, we've certainly been getting a sense from, from families and volunteers that they feel supported and that the, mm -hmm. the message is, is getting out. Um, initially, we suspended, we were about to run a volunteer recruitment ad campaign and we suspended that right away. But then mm -hmm. volunteers were not coming in at all so we said mm -hmm. you know what let's give it a try Patterson reached out and offered us some free advertising so we said let's give it a try and let's do some advertising on social media and mm -hmm. we immediately started to see an uptick in volunteers again 
um, you know, not in the same way it probably would have before. So I think in that sense, we're seeing that, that yeah, I think there's an opportunity. And if, if, if you're using the right message that perhaps you can, you can get it to permeate. Um, and then, like I said, just trying all those other things like boosting and paying attention to the engagements on social and making sure we're engaging in the same way as well. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the best resources we have to tell whether or not it's it's really if the message is getting out there, but, mm -hmm. but it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. Over to you, Corey. Yeah, I would say that aligns really closely to what we've been doing. Uh, I mean, our staff are the best advocates that we have right now. And I mean, with each of our teams, so our community-based team is working really closely with our community-based families, our, same with our clubs and our school-based team. Um, they're probably on the phone daily with families all day, uh, just figuring out what they need and whether they're, uh, you know, they have what they need. And I know we we were doing food, we're helping with food hampers for a bit and doing stuff like that and get, getting families what they need and just do, asking questions like, even down to the point of, do you have internet uh, to do online mm -hmm. schooling? Are you doing online schooling and things like that? So yeah, I think it really starts with the families and it kind of makes me chuckle there, Rocky, because I know we were doing the same thing. We're, we were like, we're gonna go all out and do this big campaign right now and say, we're still here for you. We're still taking volunteers. It just looks differently. And then we like scaled back and we went, no, let's do a little bit of social boosting <laughs> uh, and, and things like that. And we had some people reach out as well to do some pre-advertising. So that's kind of where we landed. Uh, as well, which is which is good to hear, and we still have volunteers coming in, because I know there's there's still a lot of people out there that are wanting to help, and I know we've had people reach out and being like, how can I be of help in any way? And so we've had some people mm -hmm. that just deliver food hampers or whatever it is, and I yeah. know we've been exploring different different models of mentoring, even haven't implemented them yet, but we're kind of thinking of different different ways of how we do our programming and does the uh, traditional model work quite as well as it used to. Uh, based on our new circumstances. Uh, but I would say in terms of communications, we've really, really upped our communications in terms of frequency. I know internally we we do an internal, we're, we're a fairly large staff as well. And so we do a, we, used to, we always did a weekly internal communications we call our tidings. Uh, we have a three times per week tidings now. So every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we might be scaling that a, a back a bit as everyone's kind of settled into the new normal. But in that we, we're really trying to educate our staff on as to what's going on and what they need to know with regards to COVID and with regards to the changes we've had to our programming and things like that, as well as resources to kind of get them attuned to working at home or attuned to other things. And then we always tried to include a, a silver lining, which was which would be kind of a feel-good story in the community or a feel-good story of someone that's doing good work uh, internally and things like that, because there's a lot of almost good things that are coming of this because of change and because of forced change uh, mm -hmm. and then the other is just that phone call with the families the family wellness surveys that we're doing is just that that's i would say the number one most important thing that we can be doing communications wise right now otherwise it's it's through our social and through things like that it's telling those feel-good stories it's telling the work that we're doing and the work as a, and a result uh what's happening as a result of uh, so i i think there was a new normal we're in the new normal and I think because of that, we've increased the frequency and we've been able to decrease the frequency now because everyone's kind of in the day-to-day -day and we've kind of figured it out a little more. So we're, mm -hmm. we don't need to, even with regards to newsletters out to our families, we, we started doing them weekly instead of monthly. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was just as just to keep everyone informed and to make sure they know what's going on. Great. Thanks so much. Um, over to Vanessa. Yeah. Um, 
very similar things, but on a smaller scale for what Buffalo, like our, our staff, like we're small, but we've been really working together really closely. Like we check in um, weekly staff meetings and then daily. Um, and it almost became not so much uh, each person within their role, but us really working together, whether it's community investment, working with the mentoring coordinators to make sure that there's like the messaging is getting from what like, the feel good stories are being shared so that we can share those with our donors, our community members. Um, I think another thing for us is like, we're really in the early stages of um, newer volunteer recruitment um, mm. because we are really focusing on our current clients that we had because we shifted some of our in-school programs that had 180 kids uh, participating in school virtually in the last month. So now we're looking at, okay, we've done that. We've had some success. Now what are we moving our stages into? Like what's next for communications in regards to like the community and what's out there? So we're leaning now more towards like boosting our posts, um, getting newer enrollments in. Um, that's kind of been our focus now that our programs are running and are strong. And we are six weeks into that. Um, mm -hmm. That's been a big thing. And I think uh, collectively us communicating amongst each other what we're each of us are working on and making sure there's a consistency across the board um, has been very beneficial for us but it's definitely a learning experience again being a small office and a small team and not having um, communication experts uh, is mm -hmm. we're learning each day as it goes but we're just really listening to our families what they need and just doing our best and the feedback has been really uh, positive um, even from the steps that we have been taking so it's been good Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. It sounds like everyone's really saying there's needs to be a lot of consistency in the message that every staff person in the organization is communicating out, right? In the in their awareness and in their um, not just their stance, but their wording and the key messages, that kind of thing. Um, over to you, Jen. Yeah, I would relay, you know, lots of similar, uh, same thing as Vanessa said, like, you know, on a smaller scale, um, you know, we've gone down in staff and I always use the scenario with my staff of hats that we all wear different hats at different times. And we're in a, a state right now that we're wearing lots of different hats to get the, yeah. the work done. Uh, and, you know, our messaging too is that we are, we're a very tight knit team and I, you know, working with staff to make sure that, well, this is the route we're going and that we all have input collectively to say, okay, let's, you know, work on this and we'll recruit mentors and we'll look at this and what do you think about developing these things and um, you know for us too at the beginning I think everybody was like okay shut it down we're done and then mm. it was just like initial shock and then you know right. as things get packed up and now it's almost like this is a new normal okay so I think that virtual based mentoring is going to be a new normal it's going to be something that organizations are going to continue to be doing even when things do get back to that normal where you yeah. know we're going to be able to reach more rural kids we're going to be able to provide so much more than what we could before so it's just mm -hmm. it's a different way of thinking and and working together that uh, that I think will benefit so many more mm -hmm. yeah I've really been getting a sense of that too it's kind of like everybody's been pushed into this new atmosphere and zone and pushed past whatever resistances we had before or any fears in the community and all of those things have just had to be overcome and and now that there's some um, some sense of how these things work or families are on board and they feel comfortable with, you know, their kids being on these different platforms and how it, how that's being rolled out. I think you're right. It's um, our new habits are going to become a fabric, a part of the fabric of how we operate. It's not just going to be everything reverts back to, you know, the old ways of three months ago. 
Um, so we are just, I, I still want to go to the last question because I think it might have been um, a lot of people's curiosity, but I'm just going to ask you to try and answer fairly briefly and then we'll get over to questions uh, from the phone line. Um, so just talking about uh, the relaunch strategy that's been uh, communicated for Alberta overall, what plans does your agency have around reopening um, and and how much of that have you communicated so far um, beyond your staff uh, to mentors or families? Um, so I'll, I'll keep with you, Jen, for now to answer that one. Oh, sure. Uh, so right now for us, I think because things change so fast, I, I don't want to jump in to say, okay, we're going to move into this and we're going to, you know, matches can see each other. Yeah. Our stance is to go, okay, let some things open up. Let's see how things go and then make that decision. And, you know, first step would be, guess what? You can go see your little, but you need to see them outside. You can go to their house, pick them up and go for a walk, you know, mm -hmm. and it's going to be these small steps. But the worry is not opening up too soon. That matches are like, okay, we can go and do all these things and I can go to your house. And, you know, I would, that's my worry. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of, I'm, I'm going to sit back and do a wait and see and then make those decisions. Right. Um, to Rocky. Yeah, I think we're taking a very similar approach. We haven't made any big decisions about returning to the office or about uh, returning to in-person mentoring visits and activities. Uh, again, we're a staff of around 40 and staff are pretty close together in the office environment. So uh, we, would, we would not do that until we felt completely secure that, that it would be safe, that we had the equipment, the sanitization, all of those things that staff would feel safe. And then in regards to the mentoring visits, yeah, just like Jen said, we're just paying close attention to the conversation around reopening. We're looking to see what happens with that. Um, you know, the truth is that the virus isn't going anywhere until there's a vaccine uh, mm. and the public is still concerned and maybe even leery of reopening. So we're trying to pay attention to um, kind of uh, the, the tone around that sort of thing as well and the perception mm. around that, because that can be just as important, uh, even though people are saying, yeah, okay, we're gonna reopen. How, yeah. do, how does the community feel about that? How do our families feel about that? So we'll be paying attention to that before we, we make any, any big decisions. And the truth is, uh, as Jen pointed out earlier, it's a new normal for us. We're seeing opportunities arise with virtual mentoring and it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's working for us right now and staff are working well from home. So that's, that's how we're gonna continue for the time being. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Vanessa. Yeah, we're the exactly same. Um, just kind of taking one step at a time. I think the first conversations we're having staff return full time to office, um, what that looks like, logistics around that. And then um, I think we'll know more in the next coming weeks, but we're not going to rush at anything. We want to see how everything plans out. Again, safety is important, comfort, making sure our volunteers, their clients and their families are comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. And making sure we do the right communications around that. So we're, we're mm -hmm. not quite at that point yet to know a full plan. For sure, yep. And Corey? Yeah, I would say it's still early days for us too. I mean, they just kind of announced the phased approach last week, but, or was it last week? Something like that. I know we've yep. had internal uh, communications and stuff like that, and we haven't really, I know it's still, we're still saying uh, don't, like for our matches, we still have a date until the end of May, I believe it is. I don't know if there's been discussions to kind of change that, but I would say it's it, we're still doing what we've been doing and we haven't really communicated too much. Uh, to the outside world with regards to what we're planning next but mm -hmm. uh, yeah it kind of really aligns to what everyone else has been saying yeah 
And I would think that with so much change that's just happened, and and I think Corey, you were saying earlier, people have just kind of gotten into a new normal, like a bit yeah. of a you know routine or a little bit of a groove. Um, probably people aren't like in terms of in in the organization too eager to you know turn it all on its head again this week, right? Like, and if if what's happening is working, if people are feeling supported, right? And there's a lot of value being contributed through the current. I would, yeah, plans. I would say for sure. And even with regards to, we've had a bit of a little a little reorg internally just because uh you know certain staff roles have had to shift to adapt to different programming and things like that so mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. it'll be whether it how it looks in a month or so it'll be a little bit of an unshift or something like that but yeah we've just gotten into the new normal so i think uh, gradual steps for sure totally all right i think we're good to transition over to our kind of q a open line um, I think we we haven't had anyone enter something into the chat box unless Andrew's seeing that and I'm not. So Andrew, go ahead and jump in if, if anybody is uh, submitting questions there. Otherwise, on the audio, um, you should all be like we muted at the beginning, but you can unmute yourself if you want to respond or ask a question or even just share something that your agency is doing, anything that you've um, found helpful or if you have any questions for any of the panelists curious about anything that they've shared uh, please jump in now while people are formulating any questions that they have i'm just going to point out some resources um, that people can turn to if they haven't already come across them um, Mentor in the States has a web page where they've compiled some uh, some resources and Andy's going to leave the web address to that in the comments, but it's mentoring.org and they have a coronavirus page and it has a listing of um, like tips for mentors shifting to text-based communication, mentoring resources and tips for the COVID-19 pandemic, e-mentoring guide, e-mentoring checklist, um, fundraising resources for programs during COVID-19. So I think those are some resources that um, developed in the states for a u.s audience but always things we can learn from and, and adapt to use here uh, and then there was another key resource i wanted to mention from the national mentoring uh, resource center and they also have a um, a little short infographic of like highlights of things to be aware of but then also quite a comprehensive list of any COVID-19 uh, resources from a lot of different organizations, Boys and Girls Clubs of America, Girl Scouts, um, various different organizations, whatever they're releasing around their kind of uh, keys to keeping kids healthy and active at home, soccer for success at home, and different things like that. So, um, Either we have an audience who doesn't have any questions and is just happy to listen to our panelists or people on the line are feeling feeling good about things. Well, thank you to everyone who who is here um, as part of the panel. I think it, sorry, I hear someone coming on the line or maybe just someone unmuted themselves. So um, I think it's been really interesting to see like the sameness across a few different organizations with different um, sizes and a, and also some of the different approaches you've taken and the different styles. Um, I'll just do one last little round robin of anything else you want to add in that you haven't had a chance to say or maybe like a, a key um, opportunity you see out of what's already shifted with with the 
coronavirus response that um, that you'd like to follow up on or make sure is maintained um, as we shift to whatever our new new normal looks like. Um, I'll let Vanessa take this one first. Um, can you repeat that one more time? Sorry, Rochelle, just what the... Sure. Yeah, the question was just any opportunity or um, success that you've seen that you feel like you want to maintain going forward, something you've changed because of this, but that you'd want to keep. I think the success that we've seen so far, um, especially with our agency, has been um, the resilience and the openness for our volunteers to still be committed to their mentees during um, a difficult time, I'm sure, for themselves. And um, us learning that virtual mentoring, like many mentioned on the panel, that this might be our new normal. And how can we learn from this um, pandemic period so that we maybe continue to be able to do virtual mentoring um, in the years to come, especially with us being in a remoter area in Fort McMurray and the region, um, doing more rural programming um, virtually for a lot of the, the children and youth that may not have access to that. And um, it's kind of thrown us to have some growing pains and learn a little bit about how we all work together. But um, I'm really proud of how Big Brothers Big Sisters has really stepped up during this time and, and has shown that, you know, um, it, with the hard work, you know, there will be successes and we'll learn a lot along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are some great learnings. Um, to Jen. Yeah, I, you know, I relay what Vanessa said that, you know, it's it change, there's challenge. But like I said before, I think that with this, with every challenge comes opportunity. And it's really easy to, you know, look at all the negatives about everything. But um, in order to move forward, you really have to look at all those positives. And I mean, everybody has days, everyone has moments where they really struggle to know, okay, how are we going to do this? But it's just, thinking differently and, and just really going into things with an open mind and a, a positive um, view on things just like we do with our kids, right? We, we're creating opportunities for kids and whether that be on a virtual platform, on a face-to-face, -face, whatever we can do will benefit and we just have to look at things just a little differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Rocky. Yeah, I, I echo all of that. Um, uh, you know, we, we definitely have been trying as much as possible, especially in the last little while, to really look at the positives that are coming from this. I know for me, it's been very heartwarming and inspiring, not just within the mentoring community, but just in general, to see how people are coming together, even while having to be physically apart. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we just try to remind ourselves um, in, in our agency, you know, it's not a race and we don't need to come up with the next big thing right now that yeah. as long as we're paying attention to what the families and the volunteers are saying they need, um, we're responding to that need, that that everything else will take care of itself. We have a really great staff and we're, you know, we're making sure that we're staying engaged with staff so that they're coming up with the ideas as well. And the truth is, this is likely going to be going on for some time to come, and there's going to be a whole new set of challenges coming down the road when we learn the impact it's going to have. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to see increase in demand. What does this mean for fundraising, which I know we didn't touch on mm -hmm. today, but that's a big issue, I'm sure, for, for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I just think even this conversation we've had here this morning is so great. I think it demonstrates that we are all in it together, and if we can all have a consistent message and a 
and a, a louder voice by supporting one another, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get through it as long as we kind of stay focused on the work and the need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there is a lot of opportunity for optimism. It's really nice to see any of the, like you said, silver lining stories that are being shared and, and really how, you know, like humanity does have that um, urge to come together and support each other. And we really see, um, I don't know, kind of the better parts of ourselves through, through when we're facing adversity, I think. Um, Corey. Yeah, again, I, I agree with what everyone's been saying. And I, I agree with Rocky there saying that, you know, it, it's great to see everyone standing up and, and getting involved and changing so rapidly internally in our agency and, and in the community and everywhere, like everywhere. I, I mean, even in my own community where I live, uh, it's been insane to see how many people have stepped up to kind of help out. Um, I would say our internal mantra here has been ever since the beginning, every time we send out our tidings, we, we always ended off with a, we need to be the very best we've ever been. And that's mm -hmm. kind of, that came down from our ED Liz. And I, I know she, she'd said that at the beginning of this. And so we just keep reiterating that over and over, but I think it's mm -hmm. true. Uh, but I think the silver lining of all of this is that it's amazing to see, well, it's amazing and not so amazing based on the circumstances to see how quickly we've been able to come up with new ideas and things like the virtual mentoring and things like that and how we've been pushed for new ideas that may uh, be, become the new normal into the future and how we've been able mm -hmm. to innovate so quickly and, and take steps into things that we've been scared to do just because, you know, they might require work or, or might be side to desk sort of things to do, but uh, how we've been able to do that so fast and, and, and effectively uh, together, I think has been the most amazing thing in, in my eyes to come of this. Uh, but it's been great to see everyone kind of work together collaboratively and come up with new ideas. For sure, that can be really inspiring. All right, well, I just wanna um, take, uh, pass things over to Andy, who's our, our organizer here this morning, also from AMP, and just let him um, mention the dates and times of the follow-up town halls for you so that everyone who's on the line knows what those are, communicate, can communicate that out to their staff. And so each one is pretty narrow in focus in terms of the topic because we wanted to make sure there's enough time for, for Q&A or for some discussion and make sure we have um, the chance for dialogue. So uh, Andy, if you could mention those, and then we also have a couple other webinars uh, coming up that aren't specifically around COVID, but you might wanna be aware of. And then these are being recorded and will all be posted to the AMP website as uh, COVID-19 resources. So anyone who wasn't able to join this call but is curious about the same information would be able to go back and take a look at the recorded uh, recorded webinars. Over to you, Andy. Yeah, um, so next week on Tuesday, May 19th, we have a supporting existing programs webinar, um, same time, 11 to 12. And that's exploring how organizations are maintaining um, support for existing children and youth currently involved in programs. And following that on June 1st, recruiting, screening, training, and on June 15th, initiating matching our group mentoring virtually. Great, thanks so much, Andy. And then the other two, there's uh, webinars coming up for youth in care. One of them is scheduled for May 20th, I believe, one o'clock till 2.30. And there's that's another great. one that's yet to, be, yet to be scheduled. So watch for the time on that. Um, I had a thought and it just left my brain. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> um, 
think I was just wanting to say thanks again to everyone who was here to share today. We really appreciate it. Oh, and just that I think some of the things in the in the upcoming webinar topics have been touched on here from a couple people, but I think we'll be able to get into more um, detail around like I know some of you mentioned doing virtual like recruiting and screening and matching and I think different organizations are curious about like well how do you actually you know make that work like um, overcoming those obstacles of getting the the RCMP screenings or um, different things like that and and just talk about the dynamics of like what is it that families are asking for and are there things that it's extra challenging to um, to to provide them with without being able to um, show up in person. So, um, so yeah, that's where we're going to go for, for those ones. But I think we're, uh, we're good to sign off a little bit early here. So thank you, everyone. Hope you have a, a great lunch and uh, appreciate your time today. Thank you, Rochelle. Take Thanks care. So much, yeah, everyone. Thank you. Bye, all. Thank Bye. you. Bye.